that's a triple play. New episodes I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look, clock in, you can catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. Anime like life, uh, married to it. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back. To the AOA show. I am your host as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. What is going on? <laughs> A little too long. <laughs> little too, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> we can work on it. So uh, today we are going to talk about the movie Children Who Chase Lost Voices, or the full name Children Who Chase Lost Voices from Deep Below, I think was the full one, mm-hmm. which I was like, damn, that's a mouthful. <laughs> so Children Chase Lost Voices it is. Um or also known as Journey to Agartha uh, and Worldwide. Uh, 2011 Japanese anime film created and directed by Makoto Shinkai. The man. The man, who we, uh, we, we know pretty well by this point, following his previous work, Five Centimeters Per Second. Uh, this film is his longest animation film to date and is described as a lively animated film with adventure, action, and romance centered on a cheerful and spirited girl on a journey to say farewell. Um, so the movie has a lot to do with the... Um, Japanese uh, spiritual folklore uh, yeah. that surrounds it. A lot of a lot of these films do that we that we talk about, and uh, kind of has a, a pronounced message on life and death and uh, how they both play a role, um, but an equally important one. And uh, kind of coming to grips with the loss of loved ones, um, you know, so that you yourself can you know continue and live a better life. Um, you know, for them, right? In the best way possible. At least that's kind of some of the lessons that I pulled from this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the film, it was about roughly two hours. I liked it quite a bit. Um, it did have b- really similar vibes, obviously, to some of his, you know, some some of the other films that we see. Um, but I thought altogether it was good. I liked the animation. Um, soundtrack was nice. I, I liked the I liked the themes. I liked the characters. I thought the characters are very likable. But I'm curious to hear your guys' initial impressions on the film. Um, and how you think it squared up against some of the other ones that we've seen, because we've got quite a few under our belt at this point, right? We got like Mm -hmm. 30-ish or like 25, 30 films under our belt at this point, and a good chunk of them have similar vibes to this in some way, shape, or form, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see how this one stood up to those. Um, Gavin. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's funny because it is very similar in a lot of aspects, but I also feel like with many of his films in general where there's similarities, but they still stand on their own, if that makes sense. And it's like, it's funny because even character design, like you can see resemblances, like even throughout different movies. And it's like, this just looks like a little bit different from, you know, X character from this movie. But like by the end of your viewing experience, it's its own person and entity on its own. Like the similarities are there, but like it's without a doubt, this movie knows what it's about and it really like drives home with it. And I also like his um, use of like an amulet or pendant being the like a key in a sense in terms of in terms of like the moving like what is going to be that item to help them move on to the next chapter in the movie. Shinkai is like I feel like every other movie it's just some sort of physical object or item that includes a gem of some sort that has this magical whimsical properties that like unlocks this whole other like mystical world that you can just go on to. And I really like the adaptation of this key being the actual like well i mean it is literally referred as a key to the underworld or uh agatha agatha i don't even know how to fucking pronounce that uh, agartha agartha, agartha yeah. and um 
even even with the ties to the actual like human age or the topsiders where it's like all these people want to come to this place in the underworld because they want to exploit the life and death scenarios and bring back stuff that they want and you know plunder for riches and stuff like that and you see the physical like recourse of those actions where it's like they literally fucking they have all these keys they divide it up into tiny little villages that they have and no no topsiders are allowed down there like they're cursed. You have this whole tribe of people who are literally cursed, and that is the um, what are they called? Um, Isagotos, Iz- oh. Izokus. Yeah, yeah. Izoku. And I really yeah. like that because these people are literally just they they are the duality of what happened from these topsiders raiding down below. Is it's a whole group of people that are cursed into this darkness where all they want to do is kill any topsider for vengeance, more or less, because they they just fucked a whole group of people, and it's like. He didn't have to give it that sort of backstory, especially with these type of people. He could have left it. They're like these angry demons who just come out at dark or whatever. That's their purpose. But the fact that he tied it into this is the effect from these topsiders coming down here, destroying our world, literally destroying our people. And we need to stop them because all they're doing is for greed and arrogance. And it's just very relatable. And it, it, it applies to now it applies to the past and the future it's something that will be timeless in a sense with this movie and really at any age you can watch it and get something from it and i really appreciated that as many of his movies do to be honest but um yeah sure. i thought it really held up on his own yeah what'd you think initial impressions um, initial impressions uh i loved it i'm a little bit biased because yeah. i'm a huge shinkai fanboy and i this theme that the movie uses is uh is like one that I personally have always like really struggled with, um like I'm very like uh, when it comes to talking about like life and death and like all that shit. Mm-hmm. And Makoto Shinkai, in a way, feels like the perfect director to tackle this subject for me because he's very, um, he doesn't sugarcoat things like in his movies and and like through messaging and motifs. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is very like, this is the point. This is the message. Like, here are the facts. You know, and it like in the same way that the characters do forced me as a viewer to come to grips with like what it what does it mean to like for life to exist and and for death to exist and like what is the point of this cycle and like like some of the things that I one of the things I love about this movie is the fact that there are no uh like straight anti like there are no villains in this mm-hmm. movie everybody from the professor to the um you know like the villagers um it like everybody just has darkness in them, but nobody is inherently evil in this movie. Not even like the, uh, you know, the gods that are, are have subjected themselves to living in uh, this underground society. It's like everybody though is just human, you know? And it's like everybody, it, this perfect as, as like, I guess as, as depraved and, and lost in a sense um, that the professor gets in the movie. I mean, like he's probably the closest person you could tie to like a straight antagonist. Um, but like it's related. Fuck, dude. If you yeah. can't, if mm-hmm. if you know, if wanting to be with a loved one that like yeah. you lost time with isn't like a real motivation, I don't know what the fuck is like yeah. it's and it's I. This movie, I don't know. It's it's up there with me with something like uh, Weathering with You, but like it might be one of my favorite uh, Makoto Shinkai films, yeah, like, of all time. I'm really I'm good. actually gonna go out there and say it that this ad, for me was my favorite one personally. Yeah. I really like mm-hmm. this one just. I personally like the theme and I thought it had one of the most impactful messages and this movie almost made me cry like multiple times. Oh, like, I did. Yeah. Like I, I was well, I was I mean, welling I up, once, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, like 
consistently yeah. across the course of the film. I'm mm. like, damn, dude. Like, yeah. it just it hits you so hard because it's like, dude, sometimes I watch these movies and I get like, I, <laughs> I get like in my own head and I'm thinking about like, I'm so happy to have the people I have around me. And you know what I mean? I'm mm. like, I don't want anyone to die. <laughs> it's like this whole thing. But it's like, seriously, it hit me on, I feel like even a deeper level for me personally than some of the other films and not to say that any of them are poor by any stretch of the term because uh, they're all fantastic but for the most part but I do think that this one took the cake for me hmm. as one of my favorites I don't I don't know I just I liked I think the thing I think something that Isaiah brought up that was um, very important was that there were no real antagonists in this film and although again they kind of they kind of like have you on the fence with the professor at some point because he like has that evil smirk at some point but then like I'm going to be honest, he was one of my favorite characters throughout oh, sure. the yeah, throughout yeah. the entire film because I was like, wow, if that's not freaking relatable, I really don't know what is, right? And it's like he's willing to do any and everything to have, you know what I mean, to have his love back. But then you contrast it with someone like Asuna who I find it's interesting that she goes to the underworld with her professor and you're thinking the whole time, it's like, why are you here, right? Why are you here, right? And, you know, she kind of displays her motive is to find um, Sheen, um you know, because he, he had gone down there, but like in the back of my mind, I kept on thinking, I'm like, okay, but is there anything, or is there any spark in you that wants to see your dad again? Right. Because like, that was me. Right. Because like they, they keep, they keep on alluding. They don't tell you exactly, but like her father leaves her the memento, right. Of the, um, of the thing and Correct. the, and the, uh, the key mm -hmm. in it. Right. And Crystal. like he passes really soon. And it's like, I don't know if it was left up to the imagination intentionally or whatever, but it's like, I don't know, was he a part of there, right? Because like Sheen and Shun's parents are, they're like a hybrid. They're like, they're, yeah. um, it's stated. Oh, I totally think her dad is, is from there. Art, yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. it was like interesting. I was wondering if that was going to come into play or yeah. whatever. Cause he, when he comes, you know, they somewhat specified that when he meets Asuna's mom, um, and he goes up topside that like all of a sudden he gets sick and mm -hmm. it's specified that people from, the that underground like yes. can't survive topside. Yep. So I'm assuming that yeah, he got sick yeah. because he went topside because he's from yeah. So yeah. it was really interesting because I'm wondering the whole time like okay is she gonna try and use this but she doesn't right and I don't think that's that's not bad in any stretch of the term but it's like her perspective at least as a child you know as compared to the professor was. Uh, a interesting contrast and I thought one that that made the whole the whole plot a little more engaging personally because I was I was wondering if there was ever going to be a point where she felt the need to do that but it seemed like she was very mature as a child in the sense that she was willing and able to kind of I don't want to say look past it because she always remembers mm -hmm. her father but kind of be able to live in spite of that and even having this, this, like, if you're going to have a chance, this would be it, but chooses, you know what I mean? Like chooses not to, but I like, I think it's a good thing about her character because it's like, to me, at least the way I perceived it was like, she's letting, she's willing to let things be at rest. Right. And she's like willing to do that. And it just, I don't know, it, sh it showed like this certain air of maturity within that character. And I don't mm. know if they meant to play as big of a role on it as they did, but I was thinking about that a lot throughout the movie. So I thought it was interesting, their dynamic between the professor and Asuna and their contrast and whether that's w what it is or not, I could be dead wrong. That's just how I interpreted it, but that's just one example. You yeah, know, yeah. that's interesting. So I actually didn't even think of her reviving her dad only because I mean, she didn't, she never really had a relationship with him. Like she was so young when he died. And I mean, if mm. Shun was any example of a, of um, someone from uh, Agartha that comes to the top side that he didn't last for long, like literally a couple days and he was gone, you know? So 
assuming, well, with that standpoint, you know, when she was born, I mean, granted, you're pregnant for nine months, so he must have been, like, we don't know how long Shun was up at the top side, but, you know, assuming that um, her father was from Argatha or somewhere down there, she wouldn't have had that time to build a relationship to where, on the professor's token, he literally, like, wanted to marry this girl, and they had a relationship, and that bond is going to naturally be stronger than her and her father because she didn't have that relationship to begin with. So for me, it wasn't the thought that she was going to actually try to revive her dad. It was more, I thought that she was actually going to go for Shun and see if she can like somehow backward alley that shit and get him back. And it seems like, and it seems like they did go that route in a sense, like she didn't fully try and revive him, but she was the thought crossed her mind. But then again, it did. It makes total sense. I think it makes total sense. I, I do think that while her dad definitely plays a, a uh, significant role in Asuna's character development and in the story. Um, I, I actually think that it's like, so like, because I, it's very clear that Asuna, like from her first meeting with Shun and then when she meets mm-hmm. the professor, that while she didn't have a relationship with her father, that relationship is clearly something that she fawns for, right? It's clearly a big oh, part yeah. of her character. Um, I mean, the level of like how quickly she gets attached to Shun and even the professor, mm-hmm. there's a moment even where she calls the professor out and she's like, I kind of feel like you're my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, there's definitely, I definitely got this sense that, I mean, like she has a line in the movie where she quite, when she's running from the, um, mm-hmm. the Izuku, right? That's the name uh, of the creature Zoku, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when she's running from them, by the way, terrifying fucking scene. I oh, literally was like, just, I was so unnerved by it. Cause it's just like <laughs> that fucking crowd of these things just yeah. following her. Oh my God. And then when she looks down, the water's gone and you're just like, where did it go? And she's like, I don't know where it went. And you're like, you're like ah. and you're just I thought she was going to dive in the puddle. There was a puddle there, but I'm like, dive in the puddle yeah, and put your toe in it, put your toe in it. For real, right? Continue, I had to. Because no, when she just looked down and she was like, the water's gone. And I was like, I was like, wait, what? And then, and then all the things were like surrounding her and I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, start raining something, please. Dude, how about when they initially yeah. capture her and she has like sleep paralysis? Dude. And I didn't know if she was oh, genuinely yeah, yeah. having a nightmare where that thing was just like, Dude, like over her yeah. head. Oh, oh my God. man, that was terrifying. Oh my God. But yeah. anyway, you there were was, saying, <laughs> uh, but it's like, I, so, you know, in, in that moment right before then, uh, she has the sort of moment where she's like, she sort of reflects on mm-hmm. the professor's reasons for being here. Um, who these villagers are, why they're here and yep. why everybody else is here. And she's like, I'm really just here because I'm lonely. Well, yeah. And it's like, to me, the reason that Asana came down with the professor was because she's lonely. And it, mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, a specific kind of loneliness, right? She wasn't, like, lonely for, like, specifically her father or or the professor or even Shun. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a connection. And I think that's exactly. the, the role that Shin ends up playing um, in establishing something that, like, becomes this nice back and forth and becomes this nice consistency for her. Um, but I think it's interesting how, again, sort of going off the idea that there are no real antagonists, that, like, every character's perspective um, is a bit skewed, right? Mm-hmm. For a large portion of this movie up until you get probably to that point of the film, like maybe a little bit earlier um, to where everybody, so, I mean, the professor obviously doesn't learn, like sort of really come to terms with stuff till much, much later. Yeah. Um, but like everybody, everybody plays a role in being the antagonist of this movie and the protagonist, you know what I mean? Every The cast sort of works as this like singular unit to move the mm-hmm. story forward. Um, and I think, one, I think it's cool how they tie in the whole, this, you know, the whole theme of, like, life and death with the Japanese, like, folklore version of it, the whole mm-hmm. Izanagi and Izanami thing. Um, one, because that's just a folklore that I personally am, I love. Like, it just, I just, that story's cool. Um, but I think it's, it's 
there's there's something so I don't know like like relatable I guess and like connecting about this idea that like how you know we we say it a lot with like these movies that we talk about but like how human a character can feel or how human characters you know can can react or respond to one another like these characters all resemble like all had qualities of people that like I know and me you know what I mean so like watching it like you know before you you know at least for me like before I was quick to get on the professor's case of being like bro like what the fuck are you doing it's like Oh, I don't know, dude. Like, you know what I mean? If I was in that scenario, like, I can't say, I, I can't for certainty say that I, like, I wouldn't go down. I mean, I'm, I might not, I might not go to that extreme, um, but I, it's a, you know, I, it's a tough, like, call to make, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think it's, like, ultimately, it was a lesson he had to learn the hard way, but it's, like, the, the all these characters are just so, like, if we've watched movies in the past where it's, like, I feel like these characters are relatable, these characters feel like too fucking human to me. Yes, I agree. I think you both make fantastic points. And I do think that is one of the, if not the most important factor in, in my decision of, of ranking this Shinkai's top movie, in my personal opinion, is the fact that so many of these characters are so supremely human as compared to other ones. And it just added such an air of relatability to them. And I never found myself looking at this film and being like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, cause I've had that moment in some of the, uh, in some of the films we watch and even some of the Shinkai films we watch, like, like weathering with you or whatever, where I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all right. Like I'm disenfranchised with this is ridiculous at this point, but like this movie, I've never, I never like it established what the rules of this world were. Right. It wasn't like we were thrown for a loop with any of the, the death life, the creatures, anything like that. Like this is what it was. And the people within that world and playing their roles in with these rules established did them so well and, and so in such a relatable and human way that it made it for me, it just put it a notch above. I also want to, I also want to say that I, um, I couldn't stop relating Shun, um, to Howl from Howl's moving castle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was like, fucking, I he literally looked, really for a second somewhere. was like, holy shit. Are these guys oh, related? They, like looked. Yeah, 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 their oh, character okay. design yeah. was like almost identical. It was crazy. Okay, yeah. For a second, I was like, I literally didn't I know. Be for honest, that dude from how it's like it in went one out. Year, okay, you're right. We're talking about. I liked Howl's Moving Castle quite a bit, so I think maybe that's why I drew the comparison. But the character design was like almost identical, which was funny. And <laughs> for like was. a split second, I was like, wait, are these movies connected? But I was like, okay, no, it's just like this yeah, literal same. universe confirmed. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, but no, no. I mean, that's yeah, the reasons that's cool. why. I also I like really show. love Asuna as a protagonist yes um, oh, i yeah. think so often and so and i, I wouldn't I, I saw this as the only way that this could have turned out in this kind of movie um because this is just what i expect of and know of shinkai as far as how he writes characters and does mm -hmm. storytelling but like it would have been so easy for like any other director to write this movie and be like shin and shun are like pulling asana into this journey and like like having her go from point a to point b and like turns out she's the secret daughter of like some you know secret anti or whatever civilization but it's like asana is such an independent character and she's such a strong uh presence in the film like mm -hmm. she has such agency she she is the one who is like plays the active role in like moving from point a to point b and like engaging these characters and challenge challenging a lot of them on their current like understandings of the world and perspectives one of my favorite uh scenes is when um oh, wait fuck i'm um, is it it's I, I think it's right after asana leaves to oh no 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 i'm sorry it's when asana and the professor are they make it up to the top of that the mountain Correct, you know and yes. he's getting ready to climb down yeah. and then uh 
Shin just wakes up from being like you know mm-hmm. hospitalized or whatever, and uh, the soldiers from the village are like, all right, like you see them take off towards the mountain, and you mm-hmm. see that they have the guns, so you're like, oh fuck, they're gonna go, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kill the professor and Asuna, and Shin confronts the uh, the elder, the old man about it, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, basically he's like, this is the way things are, you know how it is, like topsiders, you know, you know the deal here, and he makes a comment after um, the little girl, the silent little girl, uh, you know, brings Mimi. Uh, like the dead Mimi to the uh, one of the gods and basically eats it, I guess. And that's like, yeah, that's your. I, I was gonna say, if you're talking about a part that disenfranchised you, dude, when they fucking killed Mimi, I almost, <laughs> I almost was like, I am literally gonna kill every single fucking person <laughs> in here. That yeah, I haven't would have gone down the mountain to revive Mimi. All right, continue. I'll, I'll pick it up on so that sad, point, but I want so you to sad. continue that. I um, it so like, and and that happens, and and like you know, Mimi goes to the you know the god takes Mimi, and Shin has his comment where he says, well, wait a minute aren't we the ones just as equally at fault here for like knowing too much about life and therefore coming to the conclusion that like life is so meaningless. It's like we, like we brought ourselves through and we don't even try anymore. We mm. could be, so it's like the topsiders, you know, are obviously the ones closely related to us, right? Where it's like, we live in this world, we do our thing. You know, we know about how the world around us works, but like, we don't know about, you know, anything else beyond it. And the underground is like the flip side. They know so much because they literally quite literally live with the gods and they live basically with all of this extensive knowledge of like what happens in uh, in every moment in the life and death cycle that like the all of those in between moments don't even matter to them anymore it, mm-hmm. because nothing they're like they they get it everything yep. makes sense and so nothing feels like it matters mm-hmm. anymore and like again it's this this you know crazy idea that I think like if you want to really get deep into it it's like you know of like life and death and like does the fact that like you know whether like what you believe whether you believe in gods or not but it's like do you believe that life in like just be just the fact that there's a cycle of life and death like does that inherently make life meaningless because they're like everybody's on a clock and that you know what i mean nothing matters or is that is the point of this cycle because you know there's a start and end to enjoy all of these points in between and make something out of that is that you know what i mean and yeah. so like there was this injury because initially i think when i was going to the film up until I want to say once we got to the elder's house, I was all on board with the um, with the people underground. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, right, these fucking topsiders are going to come in here and try and fuck shit up. And like, you know what I mean? They don't understand like, you know, about the cycle of things. But like, I love this idea that's like, no, everybody here, like everybody is a little bit at fault for why everything is the way it is. Because as many people as there are that are will argue, you know, the side of the, you know, topsiders, there are people who are like, well, you know, there are people like the undergrounders and it's like this intro, like this crazy, you know, just cool, like uh duality, I yeah. guess that like really, really stuck with me. Yeah. I think that was one of the most impactful scenes mm-hmm. in the entire film. And I totally agree. When you were explaining it, I was like, yep, that was, that was such a good one. And it was followed too by Mimi's death, which was so sad in it. That was another moment where I almost cried. Yeah. I was like, oh, but again, yeah. it was like, it was supposed to give you this kind of thing, even though they did it in a pretty gruesome way, just ate it. But uh, I mean, like, you know, the fact that it's now, it's like, it served its purpose. Like it served its purpose in life. I I will say though, Mimi's actual death did not hit me as hard as when Mimi had to say goodbye to Asuna. Like when, when, yeah, that was a hard one too. Yeah. She gets on the boat and Mimi like won't go. And the elder's like, well, he's on his job. And like, as she's leaving, she has this cut back. Like, again, it's that, that establishing this idea that Asuna, like craves this connection. Yeah. It's nothing specific, but whether it's her dad, whether it's Shun, Shin, Mimi, like that's the thing she says when 
Mimi won't cut. She's like, we were supposed to be together forever, right? Because Austin has never had that. So it's like, and then you get that, like, the yeah. way it's shot so beautifully when it yeah, flashes yeah. between everybody. And she and has to come like to grips cuts. with that where yeah, it's no, like, no, I'm fine. She can deal with it. When you fucking, <laughs> she can deal with it. You do not, you do not immediately go into the next scene and then have fucking Mimi curl up in a, the cutest little fucking ball and just dead. And then where Mana has to then pick her up and then take her to the gatekeeper to then get swallowed and re- such is life. That no, fuck, such is no, no. like no. I don't accept it. She's not alive. She's a god. The professor was right. The professor was right. You saw Mimi. No, yeah, right. no. And that and that brings it back to even when um, Asana obviously when she got like turned into the professor's wife and was like going through the whole transformation and then they then tune into when she eventually woke up after Shin you know fucking smashed the crystal with his dagger that. She was sitting at a table with Shun and Mimi, and, Mimi yeah. and having that conversation. That is when I cried. That was a sad one. And yeah. then partially it was just for fucking Mimi, dude. I saw that little cat, and then once I saw her kind of just like dabble on the table, and then I was like, "Wait, Shun? Oh, Mimi?" I was like, "No!" And then and then, and then I was like, "I'm I'm like I'm leaving. Bye." And then I, oh, dude, I was done. Yeah. I was like, "At least take Mimi with you." Dude. Yeah, just that fucking was sad. Gra- oh. something about and like the the song that they use at the end. Yes, that was the second time I cried when yeah. like mm-hmm. that song comes on and and. Uh, her mom is talking. Austin is talking to her mom again, yeah. and it's like because that the way that those lyrics like are are uh, set up and the way that it's They're coincided with the movie. with the message yeah. of like it, it just it like those lyrics like you know like came on screen like she, they, she sung them and then like the flashback of when Mimi had to leave mm-hmm. Asana and when you know subsequently everybody had to leave Asana, um, just like this whole movie hit me like a fucking train yeah, at that point. Really and I was did. like, it is all, it is a movie about. Learning how to say goodbye. Yeah, you know, literally. Like, oh, is, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not. If that yeah. doesn't hit you, I don't and, know what And does. when you have a movie like this, you really want to know the aftermath in terms of what, where's the professor at? Because obviously him and Asana, like, they can't just be friends forever. Like, he's a fucking grown-ass adult. He's and, underground, dog. Yeah, yeah, he, he got stayed. the worst ending ever, dude. Wait, like, he for stays real? Well, I don't, I don't yeah. know that it's... I he mean, he stays underground with mm-hmm. Shin. Because remember, at the very end, they send Asana off and she hugs them both. And oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, back. Um while I would say he, you know, he learned his lesson the hardest and and lost the most in the process, mm-hmm. um, I I think his ending was was like about the same as it. Like I mean, he, the the person he turns into by the end of the movie um, is you know is no really no different than like the version of Asna and Shin that like are at the end of the movie. Well, right? Yeah, no, I just think it sucks because um, he has to. So as far as we know, based off the dialogue in the movie, Shin is now an outcast. Mm-hmm. And obviously, so is the professor because he's a topsider. Yeah. So it sucks that they, especially the professor, professor has to, well, for both of them, but has to stay down. Like he stays there and now he's like, I guess, almost fully blind. Yeah, and now blind. is like, I guess, an outlaw in like this foreign land underground where it's like, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's well, like yeah. he kind of came. Literally, he got the berserk treatment, dude, because at, yeah. at night, every day, he has the fucking Izoku that's going to Yeah, come yeah, like, that's exactly like, what like, I was They don't thinking. fucking go away. Literally, the reason yeah. that they attack him is because he has topsider blood. Same thing with Mana. I feel bad for her because she's going to grow up her whole life. Same thing. She's going to be getting attacked yeah. by those bitches I guess, all the time. I like, guess. That's why she got kidnapped to begin with because her father was a topsider. Oh, that's right. why it was implied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's why when Asuna yeah. woke up in that cave yeah. and they were like, yeah, you two were taken because she had topsider yeah, blood look, as well. Right, yeah. And like now fucking the yeah, professor is going to have to face that the rest of his is, life. is one like that like as outcasters, they have each other to. Oh, to yeah. I guess on. that is a solace. Like, yeah. There's. Again, I would argue, like, like yes, the logistics of their situation are not favorable, especially compared to someone like Asuna, who has to just yeet back to Earth or whatever. Um, but, like, you know, if you look at this movie, the way I was looking at it is it's, like, 
for the professor and for Shin to be stuck down in, um, you know, the underground in any state other than the state they're in right now, like, would have left me feeling like, ah, fuck, you know, like, I don't know how they're going to handle it. But I think they have the frame of minds now where they can, like, overcome whatever. Because I think it's, it's weirdly enough for me, one of those things where I was never happier with Shin's situation than when he became an outcast, right? Because it's the mo it's t- coincides with the moment that he decided to take a stand for something he wants and not something that, you know, is was tasked onto him or something that is like, you know, a, a hand-me-down or whatever from his brother or his his family and their heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he made a decision to do that. He and like, you know, in the one of the guards says the line where it's like, all right, now you don't belong anywhere. You don't belong on topside and you don't belong here. And it's like, but in a way, that is where Shin belongs. And I think that's where the professor belongs. These are two people who are shunned by both societies, but like in a way that's the best place for them to be because now they can sort of like take on whatever challenges they have to like in, from that perspective, from that frame of mind. And yeah. I think that like, again, you know, amidst the logistical challenges mm-hmm. that they face um, leaves them better off than if like, you know, they were in the situations they were in sort of like quietly suffering, you know, indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in a way. It's kind of it's kind of both. It's a catch-22 because, honestly, I'm not really happy because at the end of the day, Shin, like, Shin did have something where he lived. Like, he did have a basic relationship that it was kind of implied with that other girl. At least she was into him, and they had a little friendship going. And it's like he literally had to uproot his own life. And granted, he got to make his decision at the end of the day, but the repercussions of that now is to not be accepted by anybody and now be with this only one other person where they are outcast for the rest of their life. And honestly, like... It takes a lot of courage. It does take a lot know, of courage, but, like, it does the courage outweigh the hardships that he now has to go through. And, yes, I agree with the point, with the mindset, that it is just a point... It is just... It has... It is more important with the mindset that he has now that he's learned and he's developed and he's growing and he's going to continue to live... However, it's for me, it's just as bad because even with that mindset, he isn't going to be able to live in a sense. He's going to have he's going to have so many threads holding him down in his new life because he is going to have to really tread on water, especially where he has to go, because now he literally has no place to go. And although you might say that's where he's best belong with the professors on the outskirts of everything, but the reality of it. it it's also just as bad being on the outside of things than the mindset that he had before. For me, I don't think one outweighs the other because in a sense, he is literally getting the shit end of both sticks, if that makes sense. And that yeah. is what I find relatable to him is because even, I mean, it's, it, it applies to real life. Even if you overcome something, no matter how hard it is, when you eventually do, you're still going to be faced with hardships and you have to continue to move on with them. That's granted. I just think personally, for the amount that he's overcome and did, and now where he is left off, I don't think it justifies the reward that he gained in a sense. With now he's an outsider and he pretty much just has to watch his back. Well, for the I rest suppose of his that's life. kind of the point, right? I mean, I mean I it think is the, the movie, point, but I think he, they could have done him a little bit like better. Well, I think, like, I at think least here's a group of people. What who I'm saying can, like, is, I think the movie goes to a length um, to emphasize the fact that like right decisions aren't not or are not only not easy, um, but they don't always give you like a return on your investment. No, I agree. And that they don't always like for Shin to, I mean, again, the, the movie is about learning how to say goodbye mm-hmm. for Shin in order for Shin to grow up in order for Shin to evolve as a character. Um, those things, those securities and those, I guess tied to or inherent rewards he could receive um, 
he has to say goodbye to, he has to let go of, because those are the things that are holding him back on sort of like a human level. And, you know, he, uh, I forget the exact line, um, but essentially when Shin is talking to the doctor or the professor about like, you know, the state of things at the end of the movie, um, that's one of his lines. He says some, something along the lines of like, this is the main problem with humanity, right? Is that we don't, essentially the message of the movie is that we don't know how to come to terms with this kind of stuff. And I, again, I just, I think where the movie ends is bad. Like it leaves Shin and the professor in a pretty shitty state. Um, but again, like that's like, I think they have to be there. Like they have to be in a shittier place because like, while it would be nice, like I think cathartic even to see them sort of get some sort of like, you know, reward or, or, or like, you know, given some sort of benefit for the stuff they went through. It, I feel like it would have per, at least personally cheapened the message a little bit of like learning to say goodbye is a hard thing and doesn't give you any sort of inherent reward for doing it. Well, I don't even think it needs to be an inherent reward. It's just not an inherent detriment to every decision that they made. Like literally it's, it, it doesn't even have to be an award in a sense to where it's like, Oh, you have this at least be like, there is a village on the outside of something that might take you or some sort of like right now, they literally left them in the dust, literally in another world where even they literally can't sleep. They can't do anything. And although they have to sacrifice so much to get to this point, and yes, it can be justified that there is inherently, there isn't a gain to every sacrifice that you make. And in terms, it can make your life three times shittier. I'm, I'm very much a proponent of anything that you've learned from and, you know, experience in your life you are able to display it and show other people through your experiences and explain that story. And that you have to do that by meeting people, talking to people and sharing ideas with them. And they literally left them off in a point to where everything that they've experienced and learned and have gone through, which they could literally apply to the people who live in Argatha and talk to. And even Shin said when he had that communication with the elder where he was like, maybe you guys are wrong. Maybe this is the right way. And, you know, we need to have that communication or really you guys need to reflect on yourself as a society with this mindset, even if you f figure it out to be wrong. And that mindset being so important, he needs to be able to have that communication with other people. And they left it off in a point where now it's him and his professor in this world where nobody's even going to give him the time of day. They're going to shoot him on site where he is not going to actually be able to portray those ideas in any way unless there is another organization that he happens to meet in the underside of the earth where like they pretty much said that's impossible because there's really nobody to begin with. Like for me, I feel like if they just gave him a little bit of a bone to where it's like this is where we can now start to apply our mindset and change the world in a sense. And they don't even need to show it per se. I just feel like if they hinted at it to where it's like every, like this is our mindset. Now, this is what we've learned. This is what we've gone through professor. This is what you've sacrificed. We know how much this sucks, but now we also know what it means to live, what life means, the essence of it. We know that there's a whole new meaning to it that other people need to know. We need to let others know and portray those ideas. And that's where I thought that they were going to leave it off. And, you know, more or less it was a handshake goodbye. And it's like, yeah, have fun figuring shit out. Like, good luck trying to sleep at night because you're going to get your ass wiped. Like, I just, I, like, I really wish that there was just some sort of implication where they were like, there's a lost village that like X, Y, Z, and there might be, and they just didn't want to leave it off on that note. I just wish they threw a bone to where it was like, okay, there's a little seed planted to where 
they're going to try to make change to this whole okay, world and universe and move forward. That's why it's not like they don't need a great big grandiose reward where it's like, yeah, here's fucking bitches that you can fuck on the side and like <laughs> money and gold. It's like, no, you just want like some justification that they're like, or some verification that they're going to be all right. Exactly. Like that gonna, or, or that they're going to like actively make a change or do something, not just like be, okay, here's a hug, have fun. Like, you I know. get that. But again, I would argue that I think one of the strengths of Shinkai specifically is that he leaves you with endings like this and that like mm. you can come to like your your own conclusion of like like how do you do you think they're gonna be well off do you like you know what yeah. i mean i think like having just the fact that it spawns this dialogue like yeah i think is the point i understand the purpose i just personally wish or i personally wish that they did throw him a little something but That's i mean it, it, like, it's no side is wrong and he made it and obviously he created this ending with that intent like that is right. obvious it's just you know people have different tastes for what they would want in this scenario and for me, it doesn't add a detriment to the movie. It's just for my personal gratification, where it's like, well, I just hope that maybe they're making a difference in the world or, like, doing something, not just fucking wandering the planes, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to scrounge yeah, by. Yeah. Like, it's more just something that I would hope That's that fair. they would move forward, but it's not wrong for him to do. As a counterpoint, I actually prefer the way they did it. I actually okay. wouldn't have liked it if fair they enough. did that. So, I mean, teach their own. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Those are our thoughts on the movie. If you guys could give any concluding thoughts, um, what you'd rate it, do you recommend people watch it? And then we'll wrap it up. Gavin, what do you got? Um, no, it's a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'd honestly give it probably an 8 or an 8.5 personally. Um, best character, Mimi, um, obviously, because she was a fucking god. Um, no, it's really worth the watch. I would say it's timeless and ageless. Like I would prefer to have watched it as a kid personally. I feel like I would have gotten more from it. But... Um, it's nothing that, you know, it, it's more just because we've, like, if you watch anime, you've seen these shit before, especially Shinkai, if you watch any of his work, like, thematically, you know what he's about, although this is different and it hits harder, I would say, than most of his films, um, I would have appreciated it more, I think, as a kid, or at least I would feel a nostalgia trip looking back at it, however... Give it a fucking watch. Definitely worth two hours, and you have nothing better else to do. And <laughs> yeah, I'm really upset about Mimi, dude. I'm like literally sitting here, and I'm just like, I I'm like crinkling this paper, time, and yeah, I'm like, Mimi, your notes have been fucking like oh, gone through the I'm so pissed. Are you sure you got the message of what the movie was trying to convey? <laughs> the message is that Mimi, yo, yeah, Mimi. He's like, this is a timeless movie about death, and I just uh, fucking. Why did they not say Mimi? <laughs> you have to learn to say goodbye, but fuck me, dude. Fucking. The professor should have known. Like, give Asuna's body to Mimi. I would have been so okay. And we don't no, know I'm Asuna. <laughs> no, I don't care, Mimi. <laughs> You're fucking wild. I'm just <laughs> Isaiah, what do you think? Um, I I absolutely love this movie. I got to be honest. I would give it out the gate nine nine point five. Um, I again, what I said at the beginning, like I loved Shinkai. I love the way that he crafts characters. I love the way that he tells stories. I love the way I love how real and reflective a lot of his stories look. I think. Uh, even amongst stories that I've watched and, and read, um, to be honest, through anime or, or not, um, and how much I've, I've uh, identified like with how relatable they are, they're they always I don't want to say fail because that's like a negative, but like they they they're not quite as reflective as a lot of Shinkai's films. Like Shinkai's films, at least to me, always end up forcing me to like look at myself or like look inward and be like, whoa, like how all right, how do I feel about this though? Because this is like this is some shit that I could be talking to somebody about, you know what I mean? Like over a fire, you know, at night or something. And like, I, this, again, this movie specifically with the themes that it tackles is something that like, I personally have never been super like comfortable talking about or, mm. or uh, like, you know, thinking about really. And so like the way that it does it is, is like exactly 
it he tackles this in like exactly the way that like I somebody like me would need to hear this story, you know? And like I just through these characters who who you end up I I've it's been a while since I've watched a film where I've genuinely liked like the entire cast of characters. Um and so that to me says some, something just out the gate. I mean, Chun Love the nigga. He was on screen for like five minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> in love. I, I connected with him as quickly as Asuna did in the time that he was like on screen. And so like, but like everybody. And it's just, it, I, this movie, I, quite frankly, I think you're doing, regardless of your views, because here's the thing. I think, I think almost nobody is in the mindset of the, of these characters at the end of this film. Right. I think inherently as people, you, you lean to one side or the other. You lean more towards like the side of, mm-hmm. The professor, let's say, and even like uh, uh, not Shun, Shin, um, or you're a little bit more like Asuna and um, the elder and uh, what did did the little girl have a name? Mana. Mana. Thank you. Um, But nobody is is in the middle here, right? And I think regardless of your views on sort of this whole philosophical thing of like life and death and what does it all mean, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not watching this movie because it it I think it centers this discussion in such a unique and beautiful way. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, there's really not much more I could add to that um, because put beautifully by both of you, I would give this movie at least a nine. That is like bare minimum, you know, any, anywhere from that and up, honestly, depending on my mood in the day, (laughs) but we're starting base level nine. Absolutely. think you should watch this film. Like I said, it's my favorite Shinkai film that I've watched thus far. Um, And I think the lessons that it tackles and in the way that it does it, is incredibly emotional. You get incredibly attached, at least I did, to so many of these characters. There's not one character that I genuinely disliked, Mm. and they were all so human within the movie, which for me is one of the biggest strengths of the film itself is that it it is relatable and that things aren't so black and white. Uh, People are people and people are complicated, and life and death is very complicated and something really beyond our understanding on, you know, the ultimate on an ultimate scale. So, you know, to kind of frame it in the way that they have here and, you know, convey it in this, in this way, I thought it was, you know, it was brilliant and uh, it was well done, but anyway, surprises, both of your favorites. Yeah. Like, I'm not I surprised. Like it's understandable, but like, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I really like this one, but mm. okay. anyway, those are our thoughts on the, uh, on the film. Um, children who chase lost voices. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys take a watch if you haven't already. Uh, and if you have contact us, let us know what you thought about the film, because, uh, was it one of your favorites from Shinkai in general? Was it not? Why, why not? etc. Um, but until next time, guys, thank you so much for watching. We will catch y'all later. Peace out. Later. Peace. Hey folks. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like comment, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. So you don't miss our new episodes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AOA podcast. If you want to keep up with our content or suggest new ideas for the show you can watch us on YouTube or listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Podbean, or more. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next week to talk about all things. anime.